My wife and I have three and a half bikes. The three we own, the others on loan. But whenever there's a problem with any of them, we know we can get them sorted out quickly and affordably here in Portobello. BG Cycles and Blades was founded back in 1994. Bernard Gillard, thus the BG, almost had what we'd now call a social enterprise in mind when he set it up. We're looking for a community shop. I used to work in shops in the centre of town and there's three or four shops within a stone throws from each other. I was trying to find somewhere like Musselburgh or Pennycook or Dalkeith, but all those were kind of taken. I did the demographics of Portobello. There was no shop, thriving community, and I wanted to kind of have somewhere that people could come from the outside of town to here, or from Musselburgh to here, or just actually serving the community, and that's exactly what, what we've been doing, and it's worked really well for us. I can imagine why, because the number of people I know who cycle to work from here is really quite significant. Yes, I think it's it, on the uptake at the moment on it, you know, it's kind of becoming more and more popular. The bus lanes, the traffic, you know, 20 mile hour speed limits, there's, there's so many other factors, not only just that and the health factor, especially now with, say, electric bikes on it, you can get into town you know, a fraction of the time that you would normally do it, not arrive hot and sweaty, and you know, if you want to do a workout... You know, and just have a conventional bike, you'll get there quicker than you will if you try and get the car or the bus. Yeah, it does actually help that around Edinburgh there's something like 100 kilometres or 60 miles of, of cycle, of dedicated cycleway. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, it sounds strange enough, we're just talking about electric bikes. I borrowed my wife's one yesterday and went on the new one from Showfair, which goes right up to Roslyn, which is something I probably might not have done on my conventional bike on it, but, you know, just uh, wanted to give it a try. Loved it, kept on cycling, again, went all the way up to, up to Roslyn and then back down to where I live in Bonn. So, yeah, it was good. Over those years, you must have seen huge changes and improvements in bike technology. I know you've mentioned electrics, but just for, just for the standard bikes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, um, everything's moved on, uh, technology and the gears, weights of the bike, you know, helmet technology, every, everything's moved on. It's not just physical bikes and the mechanics of it, but, yeah, it's, it's everything on it. So. Yeah, I remember the first bike I had. It only had three gears. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of like you'll be hard-pushed to get one with three gears now, but uh, especially in Edinburgh, but still do make them for places that are maybe a bit flatter, like York. So you did mention it just a few moments ago, the electric bikes. That is something you've actually started stocking, selling, servicing. Yeah, it's a massive increase, and that's the way that the market is going. And that's just like with everything, we've got to move with the times on it. You know, everybody else is moving on and doing it. And yeah, it was a real eye-opener. I wasn't convinced that the market was going to go there. It's a bit, bit like electric cars. Not everybody really wants one. They, they're quite happy with what they've got. But when you've tried it, wow. It's just I just literally went left, left and left around the block and came back up the side street 16 mile an hour into a strong headwind. And you thought that, that was me converted. So, yeah, I was still I'll have a conventional bike on it. But, you know, for the commute, uh, the daily one. And it's also... A bit of a leveller, for example, my wife might not be able to keep up with me at my speed, doesn't want to go out, doesn't want, maybe want to do more than a mile. Bought her electric bike, we did six miles, and she was happy, and my legs are absolutely killing me <laughs> from trying to keep up with her. She's doing 15 mile an hour uphill, and I'm trying to keep up with her. So I'm getting a, a more of a workout than I would have done, and she's quite happy, and we can go places that we wouldn't have considered doing. But then, of course, you've also got the bread and butter. Behind us, behind you in your workshop, there are 
loads of bikes, presumably, that have been left in here for servicing and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a large part of the business. We do repairs and we try and obviously have a, a quick turnover, so we try and get the bikes out within the uh, same day, next day, which is kind of what the customers want. There's obviously other shops that maybe have a, a booking in service and maybe take two weeks, three weeks before they can book it in. And it's, uh, I can't see the sense in that personally myself on it, so um, we just try and work through and get get the work done as quickly as we can. And right. uh, yeah, there's as you say, there's quite a large number of repairs from various different styles of bikes, and they say all, eight, all eight ages of bikes. Bikes, there's bikes through there 20 years old, and there's bikes there that are 20 weeks old. So yeah. yeah. Something that I noted for the first time coming in here today was that you also have what I think are described as hoverboards, is that right? It's like everything. We, we try and uh, adapt on it. So we used to do inline skates, roller skates. We still do, but there's not a big share of the market. That used to be maybe 30% of the business. We do inline scooters, like stunt scooters, which the kids want on it. And as you say, hoverboards. So hoverboards were maybe last Christmas or the Christmas before. But the one you pointed out was in for repair. So yeah, we do, do repairs of them as well on it. So. That suggests that you yourself have to keep up to date in terms of understanding how these things work. It's an ongoing thing, as I say. It's a bit like the bikes on it as we uh, technology moves on. Like we, we have been talking about electric bikes, but that's a new field which you've just got to learn to service and you know programmable things which you, which we would never have had to do on a bike before on it. So yeah, it's just a, a constant learning curve. But as I say, we do BMX bikes, we do action bikes, we do. You know, it's just basically trying to find out what the customer wants and keep on moving the shop forward and hopefully another trend will come along and we try and adapt to that. As long as it's kind of sport orientated, we're, we're quite happy. And notice from time to time you've got help in here as well. Otherwise, then that's just you? Yeah, there's just two of us. It's Jay's my manager and probably one of the best mechanics in Edinburgh anyway. Um, so I'm very lucky to have him. She, she knows that. So he's really good. It's kind of an apprentice turned master, you know, he's doing all the kind of the, you know, the technical futuristic stuff on it and I'm good with some of the modern stuff and uh, obviously the older stuff as well, so we work really good together as a team. So he's actually on holiday at the moment, but uh, as I say, we've got quite a good good rapport. He takes a couple of days off in the week and I take a couple of days off the week on it and there's two of us in on a Tuesday and a Saturday, so yeah, it, work, it works well. So. It sounds, from the way you're talking, as though you actually love what you do. I do. It's, it started off as, as, obviously, I left school. I worked in a bike shop when I was 14 and then left school at 16. So it's all I've really ever done on it. But, yes, uh, you, I don't think you'd be in any job for that length of time if you didn't enjoy it. So it's, uh, it's a hobby, you know, and it's also, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a profession as well. So. You started off by talking about this being a community venture, so to speak. To what extent has the community actively supported you? I think, yeah, I've got loyal customers that have been here since like the day I've opened, which is really good on it. So I've got goosebumps down my, my arms when I say that. I've got people who are like 35 coming in with their kids who got their bike and apart from making me feel very old you know it just basically yeah it's it's kind of hard to get your head around that that's actually they got a bike when they're four or five and now they're buying bikes for their kids when they're four or five so that's really really nice to see on it so you can obviously you kind of the their parents have bought bikes for them and they're buying they're buying bikes for their, their kids on it so yeah and as i say we've seen portobello changing i think portobello's up and coming with all the new houses they've built not trying to put this end of the street down, but this was always the, maybe the quieter end of the street, as opposed to the busy hustle bustle in the middle. Now with um, Aldi's opening and all the shops opening, I feel you know it's our turn to you know have kind of the good end of the street with Forsters and more of the houses coming here. It's definitely Portobello is up on the rise. I think so. It's good, it's good to see. You know. One other thought that goes through my mind is 
Before I moved to Portobello, I was having a, a bike service out in Livingston, and it was quite expensive. By contrast, I came here and was surprised at how affordable you make it. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, we've not got marble floors and crystal chandeliers. And although we're a business, my mortgage is getting paid for, the shop's getting paid for, the staff are getting paid for. I haven't got three or four staff to pay. I haven't got massive rental in- income to-, to pay out for. And so we just try and kind of do that for the customers on it. We try and keep the repairs costs a minimum. Repairs are maybe £40 for a service cost. There's shops in the centre of town which admittedly maybe have 20 staff and huge rate bills, but they're charging £70 on it. It's like, I think not more. Yeah, yeah. I just sometimes think that's kind of un- unaffordable. It's a bit like the scenario as a BMW Mercedes garage, are you going to pay more for your car because it's a Mercedes-Benz and a BMW? But there are people highly qualified that can do the job and just a fraction of the price on it. So that's what we try and do. But I would rather be honest with the customers and we give you an honest, reliable opinion on it and hopefully like you're saying yourself on it, hopefully you'll come back and think, you know, they're reasonable. And if I say it needs this part done, you know I'm genuine about it and it does need it done. We, we don't work on a budget. I've worked in other shops, to be honest, who have a target and you have to do this amount of money a week from the workshop. And to be honest, the only way you're going to do that is actually to charge for stuff that either doesn't need to be done or basically uh, like you know, making up work on it. And it's just, I just think it's wrong. Yeah. With that attitude, I think you deserve the support of the community. So, Bernard, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And thank you, Portobello.